Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group. Featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents, you'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are live. This is the Level Up podcast where you learn how to go from agent to entrepreneur. We've got an amazing special guest with us today. We've got Greg Harrelson with us today, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome Saturday morning. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice after the fact, uh, we're recording this on Saturday morning. Jeb has been kind enough to join us and fight through a, a, a nice backlog of technology issues uh, and getting something like, I don't know, it sounds like an hour of sleep in the last nine weeks, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, first of all, Greg, Welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jeff, for being here on a Saturday. And uh, thank you, Matt, also for taking your time out. I'm excited to get in this conversation. I, I The book Fanatical Prospecting is probably one of the, uh, no, it's the best book I've ever read on the subject of prospecting, which our audience and you out there know I am a big prospector. I used to tell people, you know, years ago that I'm just a high paid telemarketer. I said that 20 years ago and I've stayed committed to the process of lead generation. So this conversation is going to be fun. Um, I'm a fan of Jeb. So, you know, that's, that's it. I talk too much about, I'm talking too much right now, but it's because I love this book. It's the best book ever. <laughs> now, oh my God. Now, now here's the thing, guys, Jeb, you might think, oh man, great, man. He's promoting my book. Listen, I wouldn't promote Jack if I actually didn't believe in it. This is phenomenal. And everybody, again, that's listening knows what I think about prospecting. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Awesome. Well, Jeb, just real quick, uh, for those that have been hiding under a rock and, and don't know the name and don't know any of the eight books that, you, that you've written and all, and all this good stuff, just give people kind of a 60-second bio, who you are, where you are, what you do. You know, I'm a, I'm a sales guy. I've spent most of my life selling. I started in high school selling ads for my yearbook and rose all the way up to vice president of sales in the Fortune 500 world. And 10 years ago, started a company called Sales Gravy to basically advance the profession of selling because that's the only thing that I really know how to do very well. And along the way, I've written eight books, and I have the pleasure uh, and the privilege to travel all over the world standing in front of groups, either training or speaking or providing coaching and advisory services. And it's, a, it's just a wonderful way to live. And, uh, and like Greg, I'm a, I'm a prospecting fanatic. I love prospecting, and everything that I own, everything I've made, everything I've done has been because I've been willing willing to, to be a high paid telemarketer. <laughs> so. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. So let's let's jump into the content of, of fanatical prospecting. And for those that might not know the book, what is what is the big idea? What's the big takeaway if somebody gets that book, consumes it, starts putting it into practice? I think that the, for, for most people, it is if I could just dial it into a couple of things, block time every day uh, and for prospecting and then do it. I mean, if you if you want to break it down, I'm sure that makes my publisher roll over right now because I just said that. But I mean, that's that's the key. The number one thing, the most transformational thing for salespeople is just to block the time for it. Most salespeople say they're going to prospect. They think about prospecting. They intend to prospect. But then they get in the office in the morning and the client calls and there's, you know, there's something on the MLS that they got to go fix. Or there's something else they got to do over here, something I'm doing over there. And so they find every reason in the world not to do it. And I'm into blocking high intensity prospecting periods where my entire focus is on picking up the phone and calling people. And, and by the way, that does not negate getting out in the street and knocking on doors if you're an outside sales rep. 
blocking time for email prospecting, blocking time for social, blocking time for text messaging, blocking time for smoke signals, if that's what you have to do. But the key thing is block the time and then do it. Now, there's some techniques that you need along the way that'll make you better at it, but that's number one. And then number two, make sure you're working off a good list because the quality of your list is going to be the highest predictor of the quality of the outcome. And sometimes you have to have prospecting blocks to build a better list. And those prospecting blocks typically suck, but you have to do those things in order to have a list of people to call so you can get in the door. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I just say this? So the th- in, in the context of what you just said right there, Jeb, um, tell us about the three P's. The three P's, because what I what I was listening to is the three P's of what's holding us back, right? And when 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 as you are as you are speaking, could could you just elaborate elaborate on what what's holding people back? I mean, number one is perfectionism. Like people want to get everything perfect. So, for example, I was sitting with an insurance agent who was spending like eleven to twelve minutes researching every single call before he made the call, and then you know ninety five percent of the calls went to voicemail. I mean, you see, so you spent I spent thirteen minutes of my time researching somebody. I could have just called him, asked for the appointment, and then done the research. And then there's the salespeople who you come in, you know, you got to do a phone block, so you sit down, and then you start rearranging your desk. Like, so for some reason or another, rejection is just so much easier when your pen is facing due north then then there's um then there's paralysis and the paralysis is that whole um what if they what if they say this or what if they say this or what if they do that so you spend all your time thinking about what might happen instead of focusing on what is happening and that is you picking up the telephone this is especially acute for brand new salespeople who want to know what to say when I bring new salespeople into my organization, and we have an inside sales group who sells advertising on the Sales Gravy job engine, I bring them in. The first thing they want to know is what to say. The second thing I say to them is get on the phone, make 10 dials, and then come back and tell me what you learned. Then I can teach you what to say. So just get on the phone and do it, and you'll learn through the process of what to say. Don't worry about things that aren't going to happen. And the number one thing is procrastination. And every single human being, all of us have the procrastination disease. I mean, I've got it. You got it. We all have it. And the thing is, is that you'll never get rid of procrastination, but we typically procrastinate on things that we don't consider important to us. And most salespeople don't consider prospecting either important or palatable. So they don't like it. And, and by the way, you're not going to like it. It still sucks. Even if we talk about all this stuff, it's still a tough thing to do. But we procrastinate on those things. So the one thing that I know that trumps procrastination is desire. So for salespeople, it's really important that you can see the future. What am I doing this for? Because prospecting is the pain that you have to pay. It's the price you have to pay in advance for success in sales, in advance for the income that you want. So if you don't know what it is that you want, it's really hard to get rid of that disease. But when I know what I want, when I know what's most important to me, the things that are most important that I desire the most are the things that I prospect the least on in my life. So the three Ps of prospecting, perfectionism, paralysis, and they hold you back. They hold salespeople back. And they're, they're all of them. Every single one of them are self-imposed. That, that's awesome. So um, in the real estate industry, as you know that we are, and, and majority of the audience that we're speaking to right now um, is getting uh, – we're, we're really having a challenge by being distracted by all these shiny objects. Like all these companies will just – prospect for us or or just hand us all these leads the, you know they got the uh, internet leads that are just ready to go ahead and list today or buy today i actually call bs on all of it but i do know it's real and 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 in your chapter 3 and i know i'm you can see how much of a fan i am of the book in chapter 3 you you said is cold calling dead and i'm telling you in our industry everybody's saying it's dead what well, what do uh, you think 
You well, know, because I, I don't I, think it's dead. But what do you think? Not. This week on LinkedIn, I believe it was a Century 21 agent, wrote a post that said, cold calling is not dead. Here's why. I went into a neighborhood that was th- where the prices were rising rapidly. Right now, we know that there is a shortage of homes on the market. And that shortage of homes is impacting your ability to sell things because there's just not enough stuff out there. So he went door to door and knocked on doors and said, your home has appreciated. Here are the new values. You should think about listing your home and moving up. So he just did that in a neighborhood and got two listings from it. That didn't happen immediately. We didn't walk up somebody's door and it was a quid pro quo. You know, like I walk in, I go, hey, you want to list your house? And the person said, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. It took a, a, a little bit of time, but he went and got to know them. He, he knocked on the door. That's cold calling. The, the this 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 thing about leads like you know I've got these leads that are that are that are coming to me from the, the the web. Think about this. Those leads go to every single agent, everybody. So if you think about it, you're the tenth, fifteenth, twentieth person to call, and you don't really know whether or not this person is ready to list their home or not. You just know that they went on Zillow or you know or one of the other places, put the information in, and they sold the lead to you, and you. And you bought it hook, line and hook, line and sinker. That is not to say that I wouldn't call those leads. If I have, if I'm buying leads and I'm getting leads and my team does it too, we buy a list of leads, but we have to work those leads and work those leads and work those leads. So, and, and, and by the way, what I would tell you about those, those leads is that it's still a cold call because you're picking up the phone and you're calling someone and you're interrupting their day, which is why the data tells us that more than 60% of inbound leads never get a call. Not because there's something wrong with the lead, but because the people are not afraid of the cold call. They're just afraid to pick up the phone and make the call. So mm-hmm. for me, if I'm a real estate agent, I'm all in. I'm balanced. I'm picking up the phone, and I'm calling people in neighborhoods. I'm going to networking events, and I'm getting lists of people in networking events, my chamber of commerce, um, at you know at local community functions. And I'm, I'm building my list, and I'm calling those folks, and I'm staying in front of them, and I'm nurturing them. I'm using inbound marketing techniques. I'm, I've got a newsletter. I've got, I'm using my, my, my time on social media to track people and bring them in. I'm looking at neighborhoods like this rep did, and I'm, I'm walking around those neighborhoods. I'm trying to figure out where there's an opportunity to trigger people who may not be thinking about listing their home to list their home. It's a pretty simple thing. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, you know, and I, Greg, I know you know this, and, and this is simple in real estate. And it's, it's, I mean, this is really simple, but I grew up on a red dirt road in Georgia, so I pretty much do simple. If you talk to more people in real estate, you will list more homes in real estate. It's just that simple. So when you say cold calling is dead, what you're saying is that I am no longer willing to go out and talk to people. I am waiting for people to call me. And if you sit around and wait for people to call you, you're going to have skinny kids and you're going to have a, a, a really mediocre income. And I, that's my answer to that. So so, so you're saying cold calling, it, that term, I don't even know where that term came from. But the reality is you're just saying that cold calling is nothing more than talking to people. It is. I mean, listen, when you walk up to someone who's not expecting you to call them, it's a cold call. I mean, you, the, the people argue this. Well, I'm going to warm the call up. It's not warm. You interrupted their day. I mean, you don't want to have your day interrupted. They don't want to have their day interrupted. That's the fact, right? But if you don't interrupt people, you're not going to sell anything. So you have to interrupt people because in real estate, just like it is in every other profession, the pipe is life. So you have to interrupt people. And that's what people are afraid of. That you know, I, I sit with groups of people that are calling what would be considered a warm lead. These are folks that know us. 
I, I watch reps who are supposed to be calling existing customers. We're just calling an existing customer to upsell them. And they'll sit and stare at the phone because they're afraid to pick it up and just have the conversation. So first thing is just get over the fact that that picking up the phone and calling people or knocking on a door and calling people or even being at a networking event and walking up to a stranger. Those things are tough. Get over it. Because if you don't do it, you won't have a high income. And I'm not a you know only prospect by phone or only prospect by by foot or only prospect through text messaging or, or email or what have you. I'm a all in. Do everything. You've got to be absolutely crazy fanatical. Everything you're doing to talk to as many people as possible. Because you know in real estate, look, if I can list a lot of houses, if I can get a lot of houses, especially in this market, I'm going to make a lot of money. This market is brilliant. We haven't seen this in what 15 years. A market like this, it's awesome and it's a weird conundrum i mean because the you know there's there's not enough supply new homes are a little bit down i mean there's all kinds of weird things that are happening out there but and but the fact is interest rates are still relatively low and all the millennials that we talk about who are not buying houses i see them every day buying houses so right now you to do yourself a favor talk to people and forget about the cold call not the cold call just forget about that go interrupt people and have a conversation yeah. Engaging is not dead. <laughs> Engaging is not dead. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thoughts, Matt? Boy, boy, I tell you what, yeah. he goes a mile, you know, he's, he's pouring out a lot oh, of value there. I know. I'm, I'm very concerned that I'm going to have to step in here and fill in about 10 or 15 minutes of content. Um, Jeb, <laughs> so, so my one question for you is, so, uh, so obviously there, there's a, when you're dealing with somebody that doesn't have that mindset and they're trying to build the mindset of fanatical prospecting, it is not something that comes naturally to them, you know, hitting people air land and sea, being willing to interrupt people and stuff like that. So there has to be some, some tracking component to, for them to know, Hey, are the number of conversations I'm having increasing or not? Um, so, so do you encourage people to track the the task, the number of calls, the number of texts, the number of whatever, or tracking and focusing more on tracking the time blocking and the amount of time they're spending. I think you got to do both. And let's just start with one basic premise. It's called the universal law of awareness in sales. The universal law of awareness states that you cannot be delusional and successful at the same time. So if you want to be delusional, don't track your activity. Then, then you can you can live in this nice, wonderful cocoon of everything is happy and good and lucky. Uh, but if you want to know the truth about what's happening in your life, track your time. How are you spending your time? And I typically track my time in three basic buckets, trivial things that I do, important things that I do, and impactful things that I do. The most impactful thing I can do every single day is to fill my pipe up with new opportunities. And for real estate, that means fill my pipe up with new opportunities to list. So, for example, if I'm watching FISBOs, I am, if I get up every single morning and I go out as soon as a house is listed as a FISBO and I'm knocking on that door and I'm building that relationship first, they're probably not going to list their house with me because I showed up. But when things don't go well for them, I'm going to be the first one they call. And statistics tell us that, that the first person there is the one that they imprint with and you have a better opportunity there. So I want to track the time that I'm spending doing those things. But I also want to track the, the attempts that I make or the context I, that I make. That could be in foot, in person, networking, picking up the phone. I want to I want to track how many appointments do I set or how many conversations are I able to have? How many voicemails do I leave? How many emails do I leave? How many of those turn into a, you know, a sit down presentation of why you should you should list your home or your property with me? If you're in the commercial world, why should I do that? Uh, and, and and then, you know, 
of course, how many listings do I have in the, in, the, in the funnel and how many of those listings convert into a sale? I want to list all of that stuff. Why? Because if you think about it, this is what elite athletes do. If you go to a, a baseball stadium, we just we were last week and we were at the New York Mets and we were down on the field at batting practice and we were looking at all these you know elite athletes. But right next to them is a stat sheet. Every single thing that they know about their um, their numbers, everything is happening with them. They know that because they get paid for it. Well, you as a real estate agent, you are an elite athlete. You are the elite athlete of the business or the real estate world. Without you, a lot of houses don't, aren't going to move. You have to know and be able to do things that other people can't do. If you're going to be an elite athlete, you just like the elite athletes in, in, in athletics and in baseball, football, basketball, golf, you, never, you name it. You got to know your numbers too. track your numbers so that you're not delusional. So you know the truth, and then you can make small adjustments along the way that will help you improve your income. And it's a pretty simple formula, right? So if you have all of your numbers out, if you, if you knew exactly what your conversion formula was or your funnel was, all you got to do is double a ratio and you double your income. It's a pretty simple, simple thing. It doesn't always work perfectly like that, but at least you understand the levers that you need to pull. And I believe in being obsessive about it. Know your numbers. Know exactly where you stand all the time, where you are. And the number one reason why salespeople don't know their numbers is they don't want to face the truth. Mm-hmm. Greg? Deeper into fanatical prospecting, or we can go. We can get into uh, sales EQ a little bit, depending on which direction you want to go. Well, I think we need to go ahead and, and move into uh, sales EQ. I think it was it was so important to kind of set this whole conversation up with the prospecting conversation in, in, in my mind. Um, and, and again, it's just something that um, I think that you just did such a good job at explaining it. But tell us about sales EQ. What inspired you? What is sales EQ? I definitely have, have um, almost finished that particular book. Um, but tell us about that and, 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 and the, the evolution from going from fanatical prospect into EQ, because now you're starting to get deeper into the whole the, – the mindset of this. Um, what you got on that one? So you know, if we think about prospecting and sales, prospecting is – I consider it a full-contact sport. My job is to get into the door. That's what I'm doing. And, 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 and prospecting is about asking for time. It's the hardest ask in sales. And you don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. in prospecting. You have to be close enough. So there's, it's like horseshoes and hand grenades. All I got to do is just be good enough to get the meeting so I can sit down and have a conversation with you. Sales is different. Sales is about asking for commitments. Sales is a series of commitments that a potential um, homeowner or a property owner who considers listing their property with you goes through in order to make a decision to do that with you, to, to, to trust you with that. And along the way, they're asking five basic questions of you. Do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me in my problems? And do I trust and believe you? And you as a real estate agent, you have to check off all five of those questions that your potential um, lister is asking of you, right? Your potential client is asking of you before they will move forward. And and so for you as a, as a, as a, as a real estate agent, in that moment, you've got to start thinking emotionally. People are listing their home with you because of emotions first. And the highest predictor of their propensity to, 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 to do business with you or to list their home or property with you is, is their emotional experience of going through the process with you. So, for example, I mentioned earlier, if you've got you know, someone who they, they list their home for sale by owner and you're the first person that shows up 
and you have a conversation with them. And it's not pushy. It's not driven. It's like not you're you're a moron for listing your own home. It's, hey, I'm here as a resource for you. I can help you out. You got any questions? Give me a call. And I begin building that relationship with you. We know that that a high majority of people who list their own homes are going to go on to list their home with an agent because it's really hard to do that on their own. But if you build a relationship with them along the way and you add value along the way, you increase the probability that when the time comes, when they're at that point where they've had enough and they want professional help, that you're going to be the one that they reach out to. And so what Sales EQ is about is, is how you are able to manage or control your own emotions uh, while at the same time influencing the emotions of other people. And as you, you probably saw, Greg, it's a little bit different tone than in fanatical prospecting. Fanatical mm-hmm. prospecting, you got to get out there and get it done. Sales EQ is the poetry of sales. It's the thing that we all love. I mean, there's no one that doesn't enjoy the process of meeting someone and taking them through the journey and getting the home, you know, home listed and, you know, pumping their fists in the air and managing the relationships. That's what we all love to do. We have to prospect to get that opportunity. But if you're going to get those opportunities, make sure you're giving yourself the highest probability of winning and you're standing out above all the other people that are knocking on that particular homeowner's door. Yeah, it's a great way to put it because I, I, I agree when you know I start digging into sales IQ and, and that is the fun uh, fun part. And that's the people I, I think everyone wants to like go right into the sales IQ conversation and then they learn all this information or at least they start to improve in a lot of these areas, but then they have no one to apply it to, which is why we got to go back to fanatical prospecting so we actually can use the skill sets that we just developed. Well, and it's, it's actually, and it's worse than that because if you don't have anybody to sell to, if you don't have anybody to talk to, you become desperate. And there's something called the universal law of need. The universal law of need says that the more you need the listing, the less likely it is that you're going to get it because emotions are contagious. And when you're standing in front of a homeowner who is going to entrust their most precious possession, their, their, their biggest asset with you, they're not going to give that to you if you sound desperate, if you if you look like you're insecure, if you're not confident. Confidence and enthusiasm, confidence and passion are the two you know, greatest or most important emotions in sales. And the way that you get those emotions is you have a lot of listings. You have a lot of stuff in your pipe. When you're when you're full, like when you've got everything you can take. And you're sitting talking to people, you get more and more and more and more because people want to do business with successful people. So it begins with filling up the pipe and then it and then it, it rolls into how do I manage my emotions so that I can influence the emotions of other people? I want you to think about it like this. In every single conversation that you have with a, a potential buyer or a potential lister. Every single conversation, it is the person who has the greatest control of their emotions, who has the highest probability of getting the outcome that they desire. And this is why EQ or emotional intelligence and and sales EQ is simply sell-specific emotional intelligence, how we apply that in the context of a commercial relationship. This is why this is so important, and you have to hone those skills. But you're exactly right, Greg. None of it matters. Like We can talk about how to sell stuff all day long. If you've got an empty pipeline, forget about it. Go fill your pipeline up, then come back and let's talk. Yeah. So for so so for the people who are, you know, we're salespeople, the salespeople or the people that are aspiring to be, um, you know, better at sales, they look at this and say, OK, sales IQ, or EQ or yeah, sales EQ. Am I, 
you know, is, is this just a strategy to be able to manipulate people to get them to buy things from me? Let's let's pause for a moment on what the agent's experience is when they actually use your strategies. What is the consumer's experience when somebody is actually applying these strategies on them? So the consumer should have no idea that you're leveraging human influence frameworks on them. And, and, and you're, really, you're not really leveraging them on them as much as you're just leveraging them. Human beings are unbelievably predictable. I, the human brain is the human brain. And we, and we all have the same one, and it operates exactly the same way. And neuroscientists have proven this over and over again. So the way we operate as people is completely predictable. So what's the difference between selling and manipulation, leveraging human influence frameworks to help someone versus manipulating them? And there is a difference. So the things that I teach in Sales EQ, these human influence frameworks, they're exactly the same frameworks that, say, the CIA or the FBI uses to manipulate people. They use it to manipulate bad guys to help them. Uh, and I've had these conversations with these guys. And and why it's called manipulation is that F FBI agent, or that CIA agent or a policeman or what have you, they are not leveraging these influence frameworks for the best interest of the person that they're working with. They're, they're leveraging from their own best interest. That's called manipulation. So if, for example, if you're in sales and you're leveraging a human influence framework on, you know, to, to move someone to list a home and you know, it's the wrong thing to do. Like, you know, that you're just getting the listing for the sake of a listing. You know that you're not going to be able to support them. You know that their home is never going to move at that price. I and mean, if you're doing those things, that's manipulation. Where the line gets drawn is this, and this is for me integrity. I will never, ever, 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 and I never have and I never will ask someone to buy or do something and make a commitment to something that I do not believe is in their best interest. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm always right that it's in their best interest, but I believe in my heart that what I'm doing is helping them do something that is in their best interest. And we know that people are adverse to change. We know that status quo, staying where I am, will always be the salesperson's biggest competitor. So when I see that someone needs to make a change, when I see that there's something that's, that, that there's an opportunity they can take advantage of, for example, I'm sitting in front of a, you know, a potential lister, and I know that the houses in their market have gone up, in their, their, their neighborhood have gone up 50%, and I know that I can, I can flip this house and get it sold really quickly, and I can put you know, a quarter of a million dollars in their pocket and move them into a better neighborhood or a better home, and, I'm, and, and they're, they're, they're like, I don't know if we want to leave here. We've, we've lived here for 25 years. I'm able to leverage some frameworks to help them get past that hesitation, to help them do something that's going to be great for them and their family. That's, that's the difference. And I think that yeah. most people, most salespeople, and I just don't meet a lot of salespeople who, who are manipulators, who are bad. I mean, there's, there's those folks out there, but I believe that most salespeople, most real estate salespeople, they get into this job and they do it because they love it. They, 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 they found something that allows them to be independent and build um, freedom in their lives. And they're, and they're doing the right thing. And that's, I mean, I think that's the key for everybody. Just do the right thing for people and you'll never go wrong. Yeah, and, and, and where I'm thinking, and I appreciate you really diving into this conversation, and, and I want to be clear on, on, on my, my questioning and where my mind is, is I really feel like when somebody knows the sales process, like your sales EQ, the, the process of selling, what the consumer really experiences is, wow, this yes. person cares. Wow, Jeb cares. Wow, Jeb gets me. Wow, Jeb understands what we need to do. Wow, Jeb seems to be solving my problem. 
You know, and I think that's the key is when you use strategies like you're teaching, you're actually enhancing the experience that the customer is is having versus what some people are afraid of is they're afraid that if they use some sales skills, they feel like they're manipulating. And I don't know that I could I, I, I that I have this figured out, but I would say, Jeb, that a lot of people actually don't want to be called salespeople in real estate. A lot of real estate agents hate to be known as a salesperson. And personally, my opinion only is that they developed that opinion or perspective when they were around 10 years old and somebody actually knocked on the door trying to sell something that had no integrity and their dad probably shut the door in their face and say, I hate salespeople. And then all of a sudden, all the so-called real estate agents decided, well, I don't ever want to be that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about sales manipulation. We're talking about enhancing the experience of the people that we come into communication with, adding value. Yes, that's why we, we, we know the truth. And the truth is that, that the emotional experience that, the, that your client or your potential client has with you going through the sales and buying process, the decision process, is the, is the greatest predictor of outcome. The emotional experience, and I love the way you put that, Greg. I, you put it. You, you actually said that better than I say it. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's about it's about asking questions, it's about getting to know them, it's about caring about them. And this in this BS story that you tell yourself in your head that you're not a salesperson, you're a salesperson. I'm a sales professional. That's what I do. That's who I am. I wear it with honor, and my job is to help people do things, buy things, get things, improve things in their life that they otherwise wouldn't do had I not been there. But it does begin with having a conversation with them. I can't achieve my mission if I don't have the first conversation. And uh, and and you said this. I'm going to say this differently. But engagement, like engaging people in a conversation, being human with someone, will never go out of style. Yeah, never go out of style. Love it. Well, guys, we've got a bunch of people watching. And, and Jeb, it's, it's funny because as the comments are scrolling by – it's uh, something to the effect of uh, listen to fanatical prospecting once a month, uh, stuck on a highway, amazed to have found this, just read, you know, fanatical prospecting. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, been, it's been fun to see those comments fly by as people are, uh, are dipping into the live broadcast, having just finished up, like finished up or rereading one of your books. And they're, they're psyched uh, that you're broadcasting with us on a Saturday, which is awesome. So, uh, Jeb, first of all, where's, uh, where's the best place to connect with you, get the books, and, uh, and just kind of get into your world? Love that. So best place to get the books is go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. So you can go to any Barnes & Noble store anywhere in the country, and you can pick up the books there. You can also have them delivered to your home if you go to Amazon. And you can get the, 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 the audio versions of both of these books are on Audible and iTunes. And I, I, I'm the person that narrates both of those books. So uh, it's me. If you don't uh, like the it. narrator, you know who to come to. Uh, if, you, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to, uh, to, to reach out to me, you can also come to salesgravy.com. Uh, and we've got tons of resources on salesgravy.com that are that are all free, and I'm sure we'll end up posting this podcast as well uh, on uh, on Sales Gravy. So you can come there, you can check out resources. You can go to jebblunt.com and learn a little, little bit more about me there. But I'd love to, to connect with you on social media. So I'm at uh, at Sales Gravy. There's no e in gravy for all.
all the folks that are Yankees in the audience. Um, it's Bell's <laughs> Gravy. Itself, right? We put it on biscuits and stuff. Uh, so you can get me at at Sales Gravy on Twitter, at Sales Gravy on Instagram. I'm at Sales Gravy on Facebook. That's my personal page. And just a, a warning on my personal page, I post pictures of cats and food. So it's just, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, really cool stuff. Um, my, uh, my, my, my fan page on Facebook is Jeb on demand. So I post more professional stuff there. And then of course, uh, catch me on YouTube, uh, catch me on, uh, on LinkedIn. And then my podcast sells gravy. You'll find it sells gravy. Type my name in Jeb blunt, B L O U N T on either iTunes or Stitcher radio. If you're on Android and you can, uh, you can grab my podcast. So I'm, I'm kind of all, all over the place. And, but I love the, I love the, I really do love to connect with people. I love to see what people are doing in their lives. So, so, so come, come, come connect with me. And, uh, and if you want to get an autograph, uh, uh, book, either one of those, you can go to salesgravy.com, go to our store and you can actually, you can buy a book that I'll, I'll sign for you. Awesome. Are, are you guys doing anything, um, for, like special for people that leave a five-star review on Amazon for you, for your books? Uh, thank you. That's uh, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, if you, uh, if you, if you leave a five-star review, I love you. Um, but from, from an integrity <laughs> standpoint, uh, making sure that we don't do, don't do bad things. Um, we don't, we don't do a paper play. So if you love the book, please, please, please leave a review as an author. It, it, there's nothing more important to us than those, those reviews. And if yeah. you don't like the book, don't leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so keep it to yourself. all right greg how do people uh, connect with you well they can just uh i'll I'll keep it simple they can connect with me obviously on this level up podcast as well as just emailing me i give everyone out my uh you know my personal email greg harrelson at uh, gmail.com and um you know um i will answer questions i i get questions probably on a daily basis maybe about three or four a day and i return um just about every one of them so uh please reach out if there's anything i can do to help you my my commitment is to be a contribution to the real estate industry as you all know that's right. Cool, guys. And then as far as the podcast, uh, similar to Jeb, make sure to just go to YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher, depending on whether you want the video or audio versions in your device and all that stuff. But uh, keep track of us there. Obviously, we are uh, broadcasting the episodes themselves here on Facebook. So make sure to like the Level Up page. That way you get notified when we're actually live so you can comment and interact. We appreciate everyone that's been watching and commenting live and everybody that uh, that did us a huge favor and actually shared the live broadcast onto your Facebook profile. We really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, and until next time, guys, thank you so much. Jeb, appreciate it. Greg, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.